Hi, my name is Glenn Friedman. I'm the CEO of Prager Metis International, a full-service global solution for accounting and advisory services. And you are inside the C-suite. Today, we're joined with Chris Vignon. Chris is the CEO of Prager Metis Business Advisors, and I'm also joined by Steve Arabato, our leadership and communications coach. So, Chris, tell us a little about Prager Metis Business Advisors by way of introduction. Sure. Uh, Glad to be here today, Glenn. Thank you. So we are a full suite of tax and business solutions for businesses of all sizes. Our clients include startups up to Fortune 500 companies. We have a lot of set of unique ideas, tax strategies, business uh, strategies, and ideas to drive up profit and down expenses. So can you tell us how you entered the firm? Sure. So since uh, I graduated college about 25 years ago, I've held uh, numerous positions in business and tax advisory firms. And back in 2011, I was with a set of guys that I had known for many years from Coopers and Librand in my mid days. And we were with a pretty successful business and consulting firm at that point, serving similar clients to what I serve now. But I wanted to do more. And the problem is they wouldn't let me do more. And in 2011, I made a decision to leave that firm. One of the things I wanted to do is when I looked around in business, I realized how important relationships are and that I was not going to be able to maximize the amount of money I would eventually want to make or maximize my success in business without having really strong relationships. And I asked that at that time with the partners. I said, listen, I want to build my own business. And they said, Chris, you're doing a great job. Just work away, build your time out and make us as much money as possible. So I left that firm. I didn't leave right away. I actually didn't tell them I was leaving. I went on a little search to see, all right, who can support me with my ideas and kind of the way that I wanted to build my business, allow me to grow in the areas I think I needed to grow into. And I met with a lot of firms. Um, I met with about 10 to 15 different firms, consulting firms, accounting firms, before I eventually landed on Prager Metis. And uh, that's how I got here. And the journey has been really interesting since then, 2011. But it didn't just start that way. It started in a much more traditional manner. Right. So I joined Prager Metis as a partner and relatively young partner. But when I started with Prager Metis, I started as head as their advisory practice. I brought in a, a specific set of ideas and, and tax strategies there. And I did that for about two years. And part of my business is to work with all the other Prager partners to try to maximize their clients' potential. Now, the difference in my business and what I do, what eventually led to some of the changes, is that um, when you think about my business, we are specialists. So if we were listening to a different podcast and they were talking about building trust and trusted advisor, and that's a term that we hear a lot in this industry, uh, if a CPA is a trusted advisor and let's equate it to a general physician, your family physician, we're the specialist. We're the anesthesiologist that comes in right before the surgery. We're going to get to know you a little bit, the patient, but not a lot. And they may not get to know us. But what they know is that we're really good at what we do. Okay. And when we're in there, it's very valuable that we do it, get the right answer and do the right thing. So that's what I joined Prager Medicine as we joined as the specialists and we started to grow the team and bring more specialists in over time, which is not unusual for a CPA firm. You know, CPA firms, as they grow, uh, they go away from being generalists and focus more on being specialists. So I had a team of specialists in kind of the traditional CPA format that larger firms are building into. Hey, Glenn, if I can just, yep. I'm curious about this. Because you, you've taken in a lot of individual entrepreneurs and some other firms, right, over the years? Yep. How challenging, Chris, when you came in to connect, to integrate, that great word, like integration, 
How challenging was that? Because you've got different cultures, right? Right. Yeah. Listen, I joined Prager Metis because I love the people. I mean, after spending some time with Glenn and David, I decided I wanted to be there, but I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I was joining your traditional CPA firm, which was different than what I was you know, doing for many, many years. And it was a challenge at first to get people to adopt the idea. Oh. Okay. I, I don't, what does that mean? Well, the R&D tax credit is a credit for, um, you know, the tax work for uh, research and development that's done in their product line and things like that. So Glenn's rolling way, Glenn's, his eyes Glenn's over here right now. He's rubbing his forehead when you say Well, let me that. tell you right now, accountants are not perfect, okay? I was brought in to do that. So think about this. I'm brought in there to not point out. You can, on one hand, say point out mistakes. I look at it as enhance the services. You never had an expert, okay, that was able to look into these services before. And now you do have an expert that's able to look into these services before and enhance your offering to the client. But as you can imagine, this is challenging for some partners because they hadn't maybe taken this credit. So we had to work with the partners to come up with a narrative, to come up with a strategy strategy to say, listen, this is the new Prager Metis. By the way, I joined at a time which was perfect from this, 2013. So it was right after the merger that happened. Um, so that, I think, was the biggest challenge is to work with the partners to be able to see uh, how to introduce these ideas and strategies, which maybe weren't introduced in the past. So. Right. So clearly Prager Metis, through our evolution, determined that we needed more breadth and depth of expertise. And we were gaining more sophisticated clients. The world had become more sophisticated. And that's one of the things that interested in us in bringing you on board. Yep. But at the same time, at some point in time, you decided that the traditional path wasn't really the path you uh, had hoped for. Tell me about what that was like. Sure. So, um, okay. I was not a CPA at the time, and I'm still not a CPA. I have a BBA and an MBA, and on a consulting path, not everyone is a CPA. So as we started exploring what does it mean for Chris to be an equity partner, well, the first thing in New York State, as Rich just said before, mentioned in a conversation before, um, you have to be a CPA. So I started taking the CPA exam, and I started really reflecting on what I wanted to do. I'd passed two out of four parts, and I was almost there. And then I came to a realization that, I'm not really sure if I'm built to be kind of part of the team that Prager Metis was looking to build. And the reason why is nothing, it was nothing against Prager Metis. It was a couple different things going on dynamically in my business and also in the industry. First of all, Prager Metis grew very quickly over the years and continues to grow, but we were growing very quickly as well. And our track was a little bit different. Our typical client, although we were able to use our services to enhance Prager Metis's offering to their clients, Many of my clients at that point, 80% of my revenue was driven from more Fortune 2000 type companies. And what I was realizing is it's going to be difficult for Prager to cross over to some of these on the general accounting side in that way. Also, what I wanted to do is we wanted to represent CPAs across the United States. I love Prager Metis. I love the partners there. But I really wanted to turbo boost charge my business and grow it real fast. And it was going to be difficult doing it as Prager Metis to other CPA firms, because they would not be likely to give me work. So one of the conversations was, is that, listen, we had an idea, I had a strategy, number one. I think our people were also a little different in terms of comp model sometimes. Uh, another important part of our business I didn't mention is, is that a lot of our business is contingent-based. So when we go to work with other firms on identifying savings that they hadn't previously identified, this is a contingent-based project. Well, 
CPAs, if you don't know this, don't like contingent-based products. Every month, the CFO would hand me my whip, which is your work in process, and ask, Chris, how come you're not billing this? How come you're not billing this? And my answer was, that's not how my model works. My model works as I wait. I'll sit on this for maybe a year, a year and a half. In one case, we have, we have a case open right now where we have whip that's seven years old open. Now, it's going to be a huge fee, and it's going to get paid out. But again, just another angle that the CPAs weren't just familiar with. So because of all these various reasons, uh, we made a determination that, okay, I think it's best for PM business advisors at that point to kind of create their own path while still remain underneath the Prager umbrella. And still to that day, I utilize that keenly. When, I, when I'm in a situation and I'm working with a company where I think they need us to be, currently PMBA is about 15 to 20 people. But when I feel like I'm with a firm and they need me to be bigger than I am, what do I do? I said, well, do you know I'm part of Prager Metis CPAs? You know, we're a 500-person CPA Do we get a fee firm. for that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we strategically use that in that manner, so. So let me tell you how this really went down, Chris. You were my first experience with what I would call a different generation mm -hmm. of uh, entrepreneurs. And you actually came to me and you said, you know what? I don't think this model works. I said, what do you mean? You said, well, you talked a little bit about the uh, contingency fees. And frankly, I don't think that works either. So we definitely agreed on that because my partners beat the hell out of me when I take people in like yourself that don't show an immediate return. And that's never a comfortable position. But in addition to that, you said, you know, this idea of working for 30 years and then, uh, you know, for some deferred retirement benefit at the end of those 30 years, you were like, what are you kidding me? I want to build a company and flip that company. And I'm still waiting for the flip. But, right. uh, but that's what you really said to me. And I was like, holy God, is this like the, the ghost of Christmas future? You know, am I going to have more young Chris's coming in? And you know what? I would love to have more young Chris's coming in. So tell me a little bit about what that meant for your personal goals and your business goals. Yeah, no, listen, that's true. I mean, I was really focused on building value. I mean, when my job is to provide value to clients and charge them, a, I want to say, charge them a lot of money. Let's just be honest, right? Because my information is very valuable. And I feel like my time is valuable. And so I wanted to do that within our enterprise. I wanted to build an enterprise where there was a lot of value and I may be able to sell it if the opportunity was there or not. Um, yeah, so that was definitely a key point. And that's really what we've built at this point. So we've built a very valuable asset that is very successful, very profitable, kicking off some significant cash to Prager Metis and to everyone here. At the same time, we're still part of the Prager Metis family. I mean, I still really feel that way. They're able to do that. So yes. So through this, I was able to work out a situation where I felt like I, you know, was maximizing my time and value and had the flexibility to do what I wanted to do in the future if that was to arise. So, so I want to tell you something else. Go ahead. First of all, before we do that, how do you think leadership sort of received your ask? They thought I was selfish. A lot of partners thought I was selfish. They by, thought by I was way, in this, this for... This podcast is pretty candid. I got to tell you. Yeah. You're putting I'm, it all out there. I'm not lying. Well, I mean... They, <laughs> they did think you were selfish. Yeah. There was a lot of anger at you. Right. Thrown at you. Yep. But at the same time, after speaking and talking, and because we did have a relationship and what goodwill I still had left in the firm, I was able to uh, calm heads down. But, but in all seriousness, you decided to do this. And to make people feel more comfortable, you went all in. Mm -hmm. You did something that other people aren't willing to do. You basically gave up a guaranteed comp right. program and became a partner in this endeavor yep. that you wanted to, to build. And you put it all on the line. Isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, I took no salary. So I said, listen, guys, 
I'm going to make this work. It's going to be incredibly successful, and I'm willing to put 100% on it. Obviously, you, you know, there was a little bit of funding that went in the beginning, but not to me, just to the business. And I started out with nothing. My wife was nervous. My kids that were about to go into college was nervous. I was a little nervous, but I'm a little bit of a gambler, if you could tell from, you know, what I'm talking here. So, yes, I put everything on the line, and I was willing to take the risk. So tell me what you think the future is for PMBA. So the future is bright. We're really excited. I mean, I think I would hope over the years that just to go back to the comment about the angry partners, relationships are important to me. And, um, you know, although I realized that I was being viewed back then as kind of a selfish person, I knew that I wasn't being selfish. I knew that everyone was going to prosper from this at the end, and they just couldn't see it yet because they were stuck in that traditional model. So number one, I think, and I'm not, I, I think I've proved that out. I think the business has been successful. Prager has been very successful through this relationship. We've grown very quickly, and I've been able to build a team that I kind of wanted to build myself and put my own stamp on. So I think this effort has been successful on many paths. And um, listen, I, I don't see... People always thought I was going to do it for three years and flip it. We are now five years into it. And I'm just excited about building it bigger and bigger and bigger. And as Prager grows, I'm excited about growing more and more. Prager recently had a merger, uh, Dark Angelo merger a few months ago. And within the first 15 days, February 2nd on a Saturday, our team was at the new firm office on a Saturday doing our presentation during busy season time because that was the only day that we could do. You know, that's the other thing about our team. You know, we're really willing to, not saying that everyone isn't, but our team is is very young and very energetic and we're able to do things beyond I think what others were willing to do so so we love Prager we love the growth and we you know very bright future so let's um talk about mergers a minute yep okay r1 plus one being wow what does that mean to you when we bring in a new merger so I have weekly calls with Diane or Glenn and asking what's going on with this merger what's going on with that merger our goal I mentioned this before in addition to working with Prager PMBA works with probably about 30 or 50 CPA firms across the country so every time Glenn merges in a firm it's another relationship that we really get and we really get to go in there and maximize our costs so most of the firms that we've merged in are smaller firms anywhere between 2 million and 10 or 15 million dollars at most and there is a desperate need for our services in that firm so we're very excited to get in there. Glenn does a great job as well as when these mergers come through, everyone is always on the same page and is very like-minded in the way that when we go in there, it's not defensive. The walls are down. They're eager to have us come in there and help with them. So every merger to me is definitely a one plus one equals three. As in addition to the revenue you're making there, I would say on average for every million dollars of revenue that is brought in from the firm through a CPA merger, we probably have Twenty-five to $75,000 added annually to our, to our role. So That's great. So since this is a little bit about people, would you encourage others at PM to come forth with their ideas and try to blaze their own path? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't know if you want that necessarily because it is, you know, it can be a little disruptive and obviously management needs to make the right decision. What I would say is, is that don't be afraid to bring your idea up, right? I mean, not every idea is going to work. Also realize that you have to take risk. I mean, success and risk is kind of goes hand in hand um, to a certain extent, great success. And so, yes, I mean, Prager is definitely an environment where you should bring your ideas forward, but really take the time to, to think through it and be thoughtful. I think uh, the leadership team at Prager Metis is very receptive, but they're very smart. So just kind of be prepared, you know, with that presentation to Glenn or the executive team or Lori, whoever may be at that time. So, so with that, I call it controlled risk, by controlled the way. Controlled risk, okay. Controlled risk. All right, study it, look at it, make a smart, informed decision. 
With that, I'm Glenn Friedman, and this has been Inside the C-Suite. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Steve.